I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, I'm Alex McLaren. I'm an actor and I've worked as a communications coach since 2002. Now so much business is being conducted remotely, the ways in which we talk, present, build relationships and connect is changing. In this podcast, I want to explore all those issues and prove to you that no matter who you are, you can talk to anyone. Hello and welcome to You Can Talk to Anyone, the podcast in which we open the bonnet on our communications engine. I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. And this week we are going to be talking about social disaster first aid. Uh, (laughs) When we are uh, connecting with others and making friends and going to parties, sometimes we put our foot in it or we feel like something has gone awkwardly wrong. And sometimes when we begin those steps into awkwardness, into the swamp, we feel like we're going to be swallowed up or we wish we could be swallowed up and disappear into the ether. And that can be really bad for our confidence. It's a sort of devastating feeling, isn't it? We're, we're social animals. We need the connection we have with other people. We want to be liked and respected. And we feel like we've just said or done something so dumb or inappropriate. <laughs> it's it's a real like physical reaction yeah it really is and also you're kind of stuck with it as well you sometimes feel like you like there's no escape you can find yourself almost like glued to the spot um as if you're kind of caught in some terrible slow motion accident um uh, so go on then have you got any (laughs) have you got any horror stories that you're willing to share in this forum i just don't think i just think basically i think the last time when i kind of thought oh god this is really sticky and awkward um so i can think of a a couple of examples sometimes it's when i feel like i've gone too far Mm. Uh, or sometimes when it feels like I've been misunderstood. I remember one occasion when I was um, I was talking to a friend of mine and her husband, and uh, and we were chatting about how uh, a third party who wasn't there, and I know so I know all of the of the people here, and so uh, and uh, and I said so so what happened in the conversation because my, my friend was saying how something had been difficult, and then when he described what had happened, uh, and I put two and two together, this man and this woman talking about this subject. I said, oh, my God. I said, what with you and with her together socially, (laughs) this is a disaster. Now, of course, I was thinking this is sort of a gentle ribbing of people I know and love. But it it met with absolute silence. And I was kind of like, oh, God, I've really offended somebody. Or I've maybe I've disclosed some uh, some of my feelings about the people involved, which are actually could be quite hurtful um, when being received on the other side. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it was kind of one of those situations when I felt I'd just kind of gone too far. Um, and, and then, of course, I feel sort of like desperately embarrassed. I can feel that, the for me, the blood is running to my face. Mm. Um, and I find it's very difficult for me to string the next few sentences <laughs> together. 
because my mind is stuck in this panic state (laughs) to reflect on what have I just said and also wondering precisely how has it been received and then I started asking myself so do I need to confront this now do I need to apologize for this now or am I is, is the panic only mine am I overreacting so there's a huge amount of work going on inside me in that situation, and I, uh, it's, a, it's a total disaster. Very difficult. Uh, it's, part of it is that we imagine that we are very good at reading other people. Mm. So we say something and we see a reaction, and it's not the reaction we were hoping for. <laughs> and now all of our worst fears start to manifest themselves. Yes. I've insulted this person. I've belittled this person. I've said something completely inappropriate. But you are just guessing at this point. Mm. And then you start second-guessing yourself. And then because we think we're so good at reading other people, which we're not, we are just guessing, we also imagine that we're totally transparent and that your shame and humiliation is transmitting itself effortlessly and in high fidelity to everybody around you. And that's not true either. This is not to say, of course, that people don't make social faux pas. Of course they do. But the extent to which it's crucifying you inside may not be read by other people. And the blank look on the face of the person you're talking to might be they've just remembered that they didn't let the dog out. (laughs) Distraction um, or worrying about something else. And for all you know, they're feeling agonised about the fact that they didn't listen to what Alex just said. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Wouldn't that be nice? Wouldn't it? You know, I think genuinely in social situations, there is a huge amount going on. There's a lot of work that goes on into social connection. And I think that that's something which has... uh, has really hit us during the pandemic. Um, I mean, for those of us who are socially sticky, like me personally, the idea of being sort of locked in my house with uh, only my, I mean, I I absolutely adore my family, but I I also, I need to connect with other people and I need the, uh, the, the fizz and the excitement of meeting new people. But there's many people who would classify themselves maybe as introverts for whom not having to expend all of that energy has been an absolutely massive relief. Uh, and I think that for everybody, the, a lot, some of the energy required in social situations is about managing these uh, potential contretemps and, uh, and, and the difficult feelings we have about when things don't go precisely in the way that we expected them to. I've certainly had people give me accounts of experiences when they were so traumatized by the feelings of exclusion when they said something wrong that they literally had to go to the toilet and mm. sit there and kind of and get themselves together before they go back in. And I know that there will be people listening to this and said, yes, that's happened to me. Definitely happened to me. I don't think it's such a bad strategy. If what you need in order to recharge your batteries is just some time away from all the people, just to collect yourself, lower the stakes, remind yourself that this isn't life or death, then that's that's a fine thing to do. I think why why keep piling on the pressure if you can open the escape valve? I think that's true. It's funny, there's a very... famous Christmas party song, Jonah Louis singing, you'll always find me in the kitchen at mm. parties, that I'm no good at chatting up. And yet, Tom, so <laughs> many of the cool conversations at parties happen in kitchens. And the reason that they happen in there is, first of all, 
you can hear the conversation because the music is in another room in the house, okay? Um, and it means that you can, not only are you less anxious because you, you can genuinely hear what people are saying to you, but you know you can be heard by other people, which will tend to lower your stress levels. Um, also, have you ever had that experience when you're, you're at a party and it's great, but then when you go into the kitchen, you kind of think, oh God, the real party's happening yeah. in there. And so it's all very well for rock stars like Jonah Louie to say, I'm shy, I'm in the kitchen. But people want to be in the kitchen with him because it's a great place to be. So let's sort of get down to the brass tacks. Mm. You've said the wrong thing, mm-hmm. or at least you have good reason to think that you might have. You're not getting the reaction that yes. you hoped for. Maybe it's something very explicit. Someone has actually said to you, I am highly offended by this. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, that's not my name. You're talking to the wrong person or whatever it is. What do you do? Okay, so I think if somebody is actually calls you out on there's an error or a mistake, um, I'm always incredibly grateful for starters, okay? Because um, if there is a kind of a glitch somewhere in the machine, if somebody actually points it out, then I can start to repair it. If somebody out of politeness lets me persist with that error or that glitch for ages, then that is that's, it's much more embarrassing. And I sometimes wonder in retrospect, God, what I, I really should have built a relationship in which it was possible for people to say, uh, no, I'm called Jeanette. Yes. Um, uh, that, that, that's really what you need. Um, so, uh, But people won't do that if they feel that it's not safe. There's um, a gag in Brazil where Michael Palin's boss calls his wife by the wrong name. <laughs> and then yes. next time we meet him, he's still calling her by the new name. Oh, God. Yes. And uh, uh, Jonathan Price says, you're going to keep calling her that? And Michael Bennett says, do you not like it? Do you think it's a nice name? <laughs> it's awful. I mean, I, I, in fact, I've got, a, I've got a name problem, which, um, okay, I'm going to make the bet that he won't hear this, um, uh, which is my, my postman. Uh, so um, when I moved to my current house, I introduced myself to the postman. Um, and when we swapped names, I mentally made the note that his name uh, was Gary. Um, and then later I realized that somebody else called him Darren. So I didn't know whether his name was Gary or Darren. And so um, I, I, <laughs> I ended up calling him Gary. <laughs> and, and it was unbelievably humiliating. And eventually I, I, I managed to, to, to get it absolutely sorted. I found out from a third party for whom his wife had been doing some work. His name was Darren. And I wrote Darren on a post-it note and I've stuck it on the inside of my door so that whenever he delivers a parcel, I know that it's Darren. But weirdly, it doesn't actually reassure me. It's kind of like a reproach. You have forgotten this man's name. And so it doesn't, although I do know what his name is, it doesn't actually make me feel more confident about it. It's terrible. But I wish that he'd called me up on it straight away. Okay, listen, just to let you know, um, my name is Darren. um, Because actually hearing it from him would have made me so much more comfortable. So in fact, as well, if you're on the receiving end of a social faux pas or a contradom, the earlier that you name it, the better. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And what about if you merely suspect that you've put your foot in it? <laughs> if you're getting kind of weird vibes, but no one's actually said, you've made this mistake, let me spread it out for you, now we can repair it together. What do you do in that situation? Well, I think that here's a, 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 a distinction. I think sometimes calling something out quickly or mentioning, oh gosh, there's an awkward vibe here. But sometimes uh, calling out an awkwardness um, it makes the assumption that there is one when there isn't necessarily. And so it can multiply yeah. exponentially the problem or create one where none existed. Don't run if you're not being chased. Yes, indeed. So much of these things are very, very subtle and maybe nonverbal or related uh, to just maybe pauses or, 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 or moments in the... Uh, not the content of the conversation, but the architecture around it. I think it depends on the context as well. Let's say, for example, that you are part of a team doing a new business pitch mm. and it comes to the Q&A portion and you're asked a kind of combative question, a question which appears to have the subtext. You have totally misunderstood the brief. <laughs> <laughs> this may simply be a kind of hazing, mm. you know, a kind of test. It may simply be, what are these people like under pressure? Uh, what if we challenge their assumptions? And so I think you can kind of play that with quite a straight bat. You mm -hmm. can respond just by saying, these are the assumptions that we've made. This is the way our thinking was going. If that's not the case, we're happy to revisit this. But based on the information we had, this is our best guess. In social situations, it's all much more slippery. Mm -hmm. And I agree. I think we can be Almost, if we're, again, if we're feeling not completely confident and happy in the situation to begin with, and we start getting a weird vibe from somebody, we can start thinking this weird vibe must be my fault, and the only thing I can do is immediately fall on my sword <laughs> and start apologising, and this may in fact create a problem when none existed. Yes, there's a, sort of, there's a tremendous Englishness about apologising in those circumstances. We, we want to be so clearly about establishing I would never dream of saying something that crossed the line. So uh, we apologise early and we get our kind of advance apologies in, um, uh, which can, I think, create more problems than it, than yes. it solves. Often said that the, the English are mm. the race who, uh, if I step on your toe, mm. you will apologise to me. That's <laughs> yeah, true. It's funny, I was thinking about kind of also, some of this is about, again, going back to Englishness, it's stuff about manners. And that, that actually applies in all sorts of cultural situations. I, I always think sometimes that a politeness is the bit before the friendship. Mm. Um, and, uh, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I, they, I hold very precious um, friendships I've got, which began very quickly to get into a teasing situation. <laughs> I've got a friend um, in my hometown who, when I, I was very new to the place and I went along, and so it effectively it was all networking at first because I didn't know anybody. I remember a party in a garden with lots of toddlers from the uh, playgroup. And uh, when I introduced myself to this woman, um, she said something and I very quickly, I can't remember why I had such a quick reaction. I must just have got a vibe that it was going to be okay. And I made some joke and she straight away, she held my eye and with a twinkle, she absolutely ripped me to pieces. <laughs> um, and I, and, and of course we're, we're still great friends now, you know, we kind of, we look after each other's dogs, but, um, but I just remember thinking, gosh, that's a very exciting quality. I really enjoyed that. But I also do know that there are people who have, always found her intimidating and continue to find her intimidating today. The, the fact that she's so quick to get to a place of playfulness um, will, um, it means she's never short of friends. 
But this is the risk, isn't it? You know, we we can stay in that place of Mm. politeness and deference and everything's very calm and businesslike and we'll never really forge meaningful friendships that way. Or we can take the risk and try and tease someone a bit or make a joke and know that some of the times when we do that, it's going to go badly. It's going to blow up in our faces. I think this is where maybe you and I do have an advantage because of the improvisation training that Mm. we've had. One of the first things we teach people is how to fail. Yes. And that strikes a lot of people in the business world as bizarre because they dedicate their lives to never failing. But you could only (laughs) avoid failure guaranteed by not participating. Yes. I can absolutely make anyone listening to this podcast now a cast iron 100% guarantee Mm -hmm. that they will never socially embarrass themselves ever again. Very simply, never talk to another human. Never risk it. Exactly. Never take the risk. But being alive Mm. is taking those kinds of risks. And I think the way in which you deal with the failures is more important, Mm. perhaps, than your ability to avoid them in the first place. I think that's really important. There was, I remember when I was doing some work um, with a a client and we needed an an extra person to come along and we asked uh, a really excellent actor and workshop leader who we both know. And uh, I love this man dearly and so does everybody who knows him. But he also has a a tendency for treading on people's toes. He's always, and he he said, I'm like this. I always cross the line. I always go too far. It's awful. And uh, as we were discussing this, he was kind of, he's beating himself up about it. I remember asking him, but but are you short of friends? And there was this amazing pause. And he went, no, no, I'm not. And I think that that, that is true, that actually tiptoeing around the edge of the pool may mean that you don't get anybody else wet. Um, but uh, what p- people really want is the sensation of being surrounded by the water and splashing about. And when you go in, the water is lovely. Um, so I'd say that the biggest problem with social faux pas and social disasters isn't causing them, it's fear of causing them. Um, how do you even know that you have screwed up? That's really the question. And very, very seldom is an explicit indication from the people that you're engaging with um, that you've done so. I think um, maybe one really key thing to think about in this is how do you let go of it? I know for me, part of it is about converting those experiences into a story that I can then share with other people. They stop being just sort of painful parts of my past, but they start being things that I've processed and become uh, a good narrative or even better, a lesson. Um, and so um, if you have screwed up remember, with one person, remember this is just good material for a conversation <laughs> yes. with a third party. Um, yes, it, what's uh, horrifying to me today will be deliciously entertaining to someone else it is, it's tomorrow. Extra, it's extraordinary. I like nothing better than to hear about somebody <laughs> else's putting their foot in their mouth with somebody. Uh, the, and of course, it's, it's a generous thing to share that with other people because you've experienced it so they don't have to. Um, so for your um, homework this week, when thinking about your uh, your social faux pas... Find somebody very important and just insult them to their face, uh, and then you'll know that it's survivable. No, Is that what you were going to say, no, Alex? we're laughing because we discussed this earlier. How can we give people homework to do about putting their foot in it? Um, so uh, uh, your homework basically is to think about a painful um, social faux pas from your past. Um, One that you made with somebody who is still in your life, okay? So this is one which is from your personal history that you've had time to process. And then the next time you encounter that person, not straight away, but at some point in the conversation, just say, listen, I need to discuss this with you because I'm trying to follow something up. (laughs) 
Okay. Do you remember that occasion when dot, dot, dot? Um, and ask them if they remember it and what their side of that interaction was. Now, I know that this will be valuable. First, it won't be a problem for them because they are still in your life. Or if it is, it's a good thing to surface it and try and find out what nature of problem it caused. And then you can do something about repairing it. But I'm also going to make you a bet. The likelihood is that they will not remember it at all. Um, and they will find it delightful that you still have such a, a traumatic memory of an encounter with them and that you still um, persisted with the friendship and the relationship. Um, so go and find that person and uh, broach it and see their reaction. and Let us know what they say. I'm sure that's true. Um, we deliver training days to people in business, in person or via Zoom on all of these topics um, to do with connecting with people, client meetings, better negotiations, presenting with confidence, storytelling, networking, and lots more. And to discuss your company and its needs, send an email to us at info at the hyphen spontaneity hyphen shop.com. Or you could give the Spontaneity Shop a call on 020-7788-4080. And we'd love to hear from you on the podcast as well. If you tried today's homework, then let us know how that went. If there are topics that you like us to discuss, then let us know. If you've got war stories that you want to share, we'd love to hear those as well. You can either send us an email, which we can read out, or you can record your thoughts in a voice memo, and we might play it on a future show. Until next time, I'm Alex. And I'm Tom. Uh, thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. You have been listening to You Can Talk to Anyone with Alex McLaren and Tom Solinsky. The producer for The Spontaneity Shop was Tom Solinsky. You Can Talk to Anyone is distributed exclusively by Acast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.